and welcome to another episode of Body Suits for Bughead. My name is Maria, and tonight we're watching Riverdale 416, Chapter 73, The Locked Room. And I'm joined by Haley. Hello again. Yes, we're here. We're finally here. We know Jughead's alive, which we already knew, but like we know now now. Betty fucking knit him a new beanie, which is literally the cutest thing that has like ever happened in canon and sounds like it was written in a fan fiction, but it yep. is somehow canon. <laughs> And I'm finally actually excited about an episode, whereas the last, like, five episodes I've just been, like, in complete dread. Just, like, how are they going to try to convince me Jughead's dead tonight? Yes. I also really like where they're going with the storyline of, like, the murder mystery. Yes. It really goes back to, like, season one parallels a lot, and I really like that piece of it. So I'm really excited to see where we go tonight. They've done such a good job of writing these stonies as, like, the very shitty, ultra-wealthy people they are. Wonderful critique of capitalism, guys. I love it. Um, and so to finally see them get their, like, comeuppance and, like, Betty and Jughead take them down as, like, the working class heroes that they are, it's gonna be so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's gonna be great. So what did you decide to wear for tonight? Oh, yes. So I preface this to Maria because I didn't want her to think that I was siding with the preppies. But no, no class traders here. Um, I'm wearing <laughs> my fancy blazer, not for the preppies, but because it's like a murder mystery and it reminded me of Clue, so I'm kind of like Professor Plumbing it tonight. Nice. And hopefully the professor in this particular case will get taken down by time. I'm really hoping DuPont oh, goes down for this. Oh, definitely very much involved. Very sketchy. Seems like he could be one of those rich pedophiles on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Yep. Um, but yeah, so for tonight, my outfit is definitely just an homage to the fact that this is just going to be like Bughead being smug as fuck for 42 minutes, or at least that's what the promo sold us yes. on, <laughs> as they explain what the fuck happened over this like entire season. So I'm kind of wearing like a bug head outfit basically. Like this is my this, this is my body suit that's like pink with like this black design on it. So I just feel like pink is Betty's color and like you know Jughead is like dark and they both have like darkness in them or whatever the fuck. Um, and then I'm also wearing like my cord jumper because you know Betty likes jumper dresses and this just feels like the color of like one of Jughead's S shirts or something. Yeah. You know? It, it works. I'm just so excited because I just feel like this plot line has finally come to the point where we're getting to see like peak Bughead because they love being right. They love figuring out mysteries and then getting to be right about them. Yep. It's like basically their foreplay. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I feel like we don't ever get a resolution like this yes. where they bring all the people in the room they're like listen this is what you guys did and we caught you like I feel like it's always piecemeal and they're like we know who did it and then it's like them also trying to like be on the defense now they are like attacking so yeah on offense that's very true and pretty sure like from the clip that they released today they're gonna be like literally like locking them in the room and like it's like a locked room mystery and we don't open the doors until we figure out who was killed yep. and that's like a fun like mystery concept for them to touch on. And then the other thing that I'm very excited about is the fact that last episode Donna like confirmed confirmed. I know it's been canon for a while that like Bughead is like insanely kinky and like literally called Betty a nymphomaniac. Which yes. I'm like a lot of us in fandom have been saying for the last like week like maybe Brett and Donna have just like never actually seen like a woman being pleased by a man or like you know like seen like someone going down on a woman. Yeah. Because let's be real Jughead loves to eat. Like it's the head canon in <laughs> fandom that he's good at head and like I don't think that there's anywhere that's not canon. <laughs> Especially after what Donna said last episode. Yeah. <laughs> She's clearly just jealous. Yes. I mean, I would be. And but... Brett's obviously in love with Jughead. Yes. So. I mean, I think Donna's in love with Betty and Brett's in love with Jughead. That's my... Yeah. That seems very, like, you know, they both wish they could have it, but... 
I can't. So, I mean, before we go any further, I guess, like, I'll just, like, talk about this shit. So, like, this episode is, like, late, and the episode before was late as well, and that's because, like, I was literally bullied, y'all, like, while I was recording this podcast last week. I went on Twitter and saw that my tweet that I had written about how, like, I think that the way that the, basically the entire show, because it was writers, the showrunner, and the official Riverdale account, how they promoted this show, I thought that it was just, like, really baiting and toxic and just, like, clearly designed to get the entire fandom in a frenzy and, like, fight with each other. And I just don't appreciate, like, purposely stirring up that energy, like, at all. Especially at a show that's aimed at teenagers. <laughs> yeah. So it was really hard because, y'all, I would not recommend having an anxiety attack that you have to record and then later go back and edit out. So in order to edit it out and figure out where it starts and ends, you end up listening to most of you have an anxiety attack it's really triggering <laughs> so I really appreciate y'all for being patient with me as it took me a lot more time to edit these episodes because yeah. that was a lot but a really awesome Varchi Stan on Tumblr wrote a really good post that I think really just like sums this up and I just want to like put it out there because I agree with his opinion before we move on to what's actually happening tonight okay so the way Riverdale is promoting this storyline being the fake Varchi dating as part of the overall plan of Jughead's death is wrong and irresponsible I'm not even saying they shouldn't do whatever they want to do with their story because their creative decisions, albeit controversial, are just theirs. It's just the instigation of this fandom war that's throwing me off. I am quite sure that 85% of the audience is very young and has no backbone to deal with this sort of anxiety, especially with social media allowing us to talk about it all the fucking time, which I think is a very important point. I've read it in Instagram comments, seen a hundred different anons in different inboxes, seen the war on Twitter. People aren't talking about the show, quote-unquote. They're crazy upset by whatever the writers are doing, and this is beyond any ship you cheer for. I've seen people coming to me suffering from anxiety attacks over the subject. How can grown-ass people be so irresponsible and make their audience go nuts in this horrible way? What Archie Comics did especially was so mean. So they changed their name to Barchie Comics on the night of last week's episode and changed their profile picture to Daddy and Archie Kissing. Nice. The official Archie Comics Twitter. Yes. If you want to sell a ship, especially a controversial one, you write this ship down and you wait to see what happens. You don't go off already promoting this ship as something inevitable and fucking with the heads of 14-year-olds that are only here to see their favorite couple smooching every two episodes. It's also disrespectful to the Barchi fans, even though I don't really sympathize with them, I do agree with this, as well, because instead of having their ship built up and claiming their spot, they're baited and trolled all the time and everyone already hates them before their ship even gets a chance to quote-unquote rise or not. And so she was like, not discussing how valid the ships are, just that Roberto and co. are promoting it to get people in a frenzy and upset and this is disgusting and tiresome. I mean, yeah. I just, like, the internet breeds toxicity. Why go out of your way to make it even more toxic than it already is as a promo strategy? I just think that's fucked up. Also, the majority of your fans like Bughead and Barchi, so, like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't just set yourself up for something for the past four seasons and then all of a sudden yeah. you're going to just change it all of a sudden. I think that Betty and Archie are incompatible. This is not Gossip Girl. Yes. <laughs> and we we all have been saying all along that we like Riverdale so much because it's not like Gossip Girl. Because they've like developed such like strong, like well-rounded, well-developed relationships. It's impressive. It's good writing. If you pull cheap shit like this and try to like somehow pull out of this that Betty and Archie have secret feelings for each other, even though that literally makes no sense because they're both clearly in love with their other significant others. That's just bad storytelling and like honestly character assassination at this point because honestly I feel like if they really wanted to have given Barchi a shot they should have done it in season one or season two. Yeah. There were openings in both of those seasons. I personally think that boys and girls can just be friends with each other and not need to explore feelings to you know confirm they're not 
trying to fuck, but I guess in teen drama land for some reason that's impossible. Except it's not because Haley and Lucas in fucking One Tree Hill. They didn't. Nev they never fucked or anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they were just friends. Because in in the wild, <laughs> men and women can be friends and never kiss each other. I know it sounds crazy, but it happens all the time. <laughs> I do it almost daily. I yeah. kiss a lot of people. Yep. And so I just, I personally think that Betty and Archie are actually really cute childhood friends, and I would really appreciate it if this could be the last time of us baiting this nonsense. They are incompatible. Betty could not handle being with Archie. She, like, literally has a partner who she's about to go take down a bunch of preppies with because they just instigated a murder plot together, a fake death plot. You think she would leave Jughead for Archie? I just... Some people are really deluded. People have been really scared that's going to happen. I mean, you know my feelings on Archie. I think he's a numbskull. <laughs> Betty deserves better. And Betty has better. She has Jughead. They're in love. I think Veronica deserves better. I oh, don't, yeah. The, the amount of ladies that are in love with Archie, both in just like the comics growing up and this, is beyond absurd. <sighs> it's true. And I, I mean, I like Archie this season. I've been on and off with them. But I think that they've actually grown to be very, like, strong this season. I could see them maybe having to part ways because they wanted different things in their future. But, like, I think that they are, like, the most solid they've ever been and, like, the most likable to me they've ever been. Like, I like them a lot right now. So it's just, like, absurd to me that, like, instead of, like, uplifting the beautiful moments we got between Varchi and Bughead all week, we just had to, like, look at, like, the nonsense, like, fake Varchi kiss just to rile everyone up and make everyone angry. It's like, y'all are wild for that. But I'm excited. I did appreciate the comedic relief of Cheryl Cheryl and Reggie <laughs> Reggie with a senior prank thing and being mad that like Jughead won up to him yep that was amazing I thought that was good and honestly can I just say given the acting performances that all of the core four have done it's honestly not as surprising as it was before that they always get cast as leads in the musical yeah <laughs> that's honestly true I did love it though when I was watching it I already knew that because I watched it a day later I knew that Jughead was alive oh yeah but during the entire episode, I'm like, wait, is he actually That's alive? That's literally what me and Kelly were doing the whole time. And, like, I've been, I'm still editing the podcast, and I'm trying to strike the balance between, like, how often we, like, thought he was alive and not alive. But they really had us on our toes the whole episode. Yeah. It was a true roller coaster. I hated it. <laughs> I mean, it's hard when you come off of an entire season of them, like, even last season, pretending that he was dead. Yeah. Or hurt or gone. Yeah. So when you have that long of a time frame, you then start to actually believe the lie. They really fucked with our heads of this plotline. I feel like it was just all mind fuckery. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Better than freaking Black Hood. Yeah, no, that's true. Definitely. But I am hoping that this episode is really going to wrap it up in a satisfying way and that we are going to be able to move on to figuring out what the fuck is going on with Charles and Chick, which I... They better not fucking just leave that hanging because it's been hanging for a while now. <laughs> yeah. I do not trust Charles. I feel like sometimes, you know, in The Office when Michael Scott's like, sometimes I just start a sentence <laughs> and I don't know where it's going to go. Yes, I feel like that's, that's the writer. That is the writer. I'm pretty sure I meme on a round of that exact thing because it's so fucking true. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll write a plot line and I just don't know what to do with it, so I'll address it in like yeah. 15 episodes. I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's definitely hard when you have to write like a 26 episode season. You're like, what do I do with all know, of this time like, on my hands? I don't know. I feel like they could do a better job than they seem to do now, but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> We're not TV writers. 
Oh my god. I just, I really hope that we get some just like hot bug head. Like, I'm just, I'm so ready. Oh wait, shit, we didn't even talk about- Donna also killed Jonathan? That was very, yeah. I do was, appreciate that it's just one That line. was very, like, just dropped in there at the end. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, oh my so god. I hope this is a bottle up so where they literally just spend the entire time. I think it'll just be flashbacks, and honestly, we're finally gonna get answers. Like, yeah. I'm just so excited to finally find out what the fuck was going on this whole time. Obviously, the point is that Jughead has been sitting in the bunker. They're figuring out what's happening. Hermosa found something, right, at the mm -hmm. end of the last episode. A lot of us think it has to, it'll have to be, like, information about all of them, but especially Donna, since she's a ringleader. Yeah. Some people are like, maybe she's DuPont's, like, daughter in reality. I think that whoever she's the fucking daughter of, she's somehow related or somehow like related to the people who got rid of the Stonewall 4. Because she was the one who was talking about that so much at the beginning of the season. And they were clearly trying to make like Jughead the Stonewall 5th or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I've also just gotten sick of theorizing at this point in the season. I'm just honestly ready for Jughead to tell me. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah. The weirdest thing about pretending to be dead. <laughs> Jump right in. Is that after a while, you actually start feeling like you're dead. God. So, Look at him. He yeah, looks really greasy. Yeah, and he's typing away at that hot typewriter. He needs to shower. There's a microwave. There's a microwave. Dilton really was ready for the end of the world. Granted, I was hiding out in Dilton's doomsday bunker. Yeah! <laughs> and not in a coffin, but still. Poor two Jug. Weeks, two weeks, no sunlight, with no sense of time or its passing. Two weeks? No That's fucking solitary confinement. You also could put a clock in there. You're also in the middle of the woods. You can go out. Other similarities to being dead. Not one, but two obituaries about me ran. That's so wild. A rather perfunctory one in the Riverdale Register. <sighs> perfunctory by my standards. More irreverent one in the blue and gold. I like that one. Aww. At a funeral. Well, awake. <laughs> yeah, we all saw it. It was pretty wild. I watched it on my laptop. Oh, he watched it? I knew it! Live streamed from a camera Betty had set up in the living room. Oh my god, Betty is the fucking bomb. How could you not be in love with Betty Cooper? Betty and I suspected that the Stonies would show up. And sure enough, they did. <laughs> Brett trying to open the coffin was so wild. We wanted to study them to see if anything they did was suspicious. Oh, just a little. They tried to open a coffin. Not that there was any doubt in our mind about their guilt. The preppies had stone cold murdered me and were trying to pin it on Betty. He's like, I would not stand for that. We just couldn't prove it. Not yet. I love a good murder board, a buckhead murder board. The hardest part of playing dead was letting everyone believe I was in the semi-suite hereafter. Yeah, and having to have my girlfriend make out with Archie. I'm so sorry, Jughead. That's really rough. The lies we had to tell. Ugh. They look so miserable walking down the hill. Ugh. Like pretending that my bereft girlfriend had found comfort in the strong, steely arms of my best bud. Which turned out to be the greatest misdirect of them all. Sharonica's going strong in the fake truth. Of course, we needed to let some people know the truth. Did they finally tell Cheryl? Except in one case. My kid sister, Jellybean, didn't have to be told. Oh, you found the fake blood. Thanks, Jellybean. Do you need it for Jughead? Yes! What? What do you... What do you mean? She figured it out this early do you, on. Do you need it to help my brother? She is the bomb.com. Oh my so god. Jellybean, do you know where Jughead is? I heard you whispering on the phone to Charles last night. Fuck yeah! Junior detective in the making. Do you, you don't have to tell me where he is. Just that he's okay. Aww. Is he? Can you keep a secret? We're finally getting the jelly bean and Betty moment I've wanted. Also, just the fact that she's just like, here's fake blood. We brought my dad into it pretty quick, too. Betty. Oh, this is gonna be M telling everyone? We're really getting everything. Yeah. I gave that bloody rock to Charles. He said the FBI was gonna have it tested. Oh, this is when he finds out. Okay, that actually makes sense. And when they do, they will tell you that it's covered in fake blood that you can buy at a drugstore. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? I don't want you to worry anymore, Mr. Yeah. Jones. 
Chughead's fine. He's okay, he's not fine, but he's okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, they did hit him. Back it up. You know where Jughead is? Yes. Oh, <gasps> a father. I will tell you everything, okay? But we really, really need your help. Please. She's like, you're the sheriff? Afraid to ask, but what kind of help? Bitch, you know, you're already a crooked ass cop. For starters, a search party. Archie For the rogue. aesthetic. Archie went rogue and told his mom too. Yeah, we know. <laughs> that was very obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Archie's one to keep a secret. And he tried to be a, a vigilante and he couldn't even keep that secret. And then there was Veronica's sister, Hermosa. She Hermosa. figured it out on her own. What do you want to know? Let me ask you straight up, hermanita. Did you help Betty kill her boyfriend? Bitch, he not dead. She really thinks the worst of people. Yes. Because that's the kind of thing that secret girlfriends do. They kill each other's boyfriends so they can be together. Okay. I don't know what kind of crypto lesbian pulp fiction you're conjuring at Mosa, but Betty and I are just friends. <laughs> what? What a sentence. Well then what did happen to that dead Dorombolo? He is not dead, bitch. Either you can tell me or I'll just keep digging. Don't forget, I'm a licensed private, private investigator. Right. Everybody's right. secret sibling is a fucking PI yeah. or a fucking FBI agent. Not sure why I didn't think of this before, but maybe you could help us with something. Oh, so she was maybe helping them? Cheap. How much do you charge, Edmosa? And is there a discount for family members? Oh, shit. Lil Mendez has the best it. eyebrows. In the months that followed, people will ask us, do we need to do it? Go to such extreme lengths? That's a great question. It's been a wild season, so I'd like to know. But this I did know. If I was going to recover without the preppies trying to kill me again. Oh, Facebook? As if teenagers use Facebook like today. Well, also the fact that Facebook is a thing in Riverdale world. And figure out how to solve my own murder. I needed the illusion to be perfect, to buy myself time. Ugh. Ugh. I hate so this nonsense. And then like Veronica has to pretend to be mad all the time. It's just so annoying. But it also might be weird to like see your boyfriend. Yeah, I guess it would be easy to- and So while above me, a world without Jughead continued spinning forward, I poured over every scrap of evidence we gathered. Oh, look how big this murder board is getting. Went over every detail of my time at Stonewall Prep, looking for hidden patterns, hints, and clues. Candles. <laughs> this was a different kind of mystery than the ones we tackled before. This wasn't a whodunit. This was a why done it. More psychological. I needed to get under my suspect's skin, inside their heads. But from inside this bunker. <laughs> Missing Stonewall 4. The accidental deaths of DuPont's classmates. My attempted murder. How were they all connected? Brett. Oh, has to be a post. Donna. Dead. Jonathan. A key piece of information came from Hermosa. Yes. Which was the Donna. Jug. Jug. He figured it out? Did he figure it out? Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I was just going over everything all the time. What's up? Did they, they find him? Yeah, yes. We did. Well, I mean, uh, Charles and FP did. And did he agree? Found who? Completely. Completely. He's showering as we speak. Oh, they're so cute. So are we gonna do this or what? Oh, yeah. Victory lap. Oh my god. Put your beanie on that Betty made you. We are gonna blow Stonewall Prep out of the water. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh my god, I love when Jughead picks Betty up. How could anyone think they're not endgame? What the fuck is wrong with people? That was beautiful. It also helps that they date in real life. Yeah, their chemistry is would, off the fucking charts. Why it's would like they want insane. to be insane? I 
sometimes think about that. Like, you have to spend all of your time watching your significant other, like, make out with someone else. Like, when Camilla and Charles were dating. And, and, and she was still with Archie. Like, that must be so weird to just see your significant other all the time just making out with someone else. But at the same time, they all have to kiss each other all the time. So maybe, like, when you're friends with, like, actors, they're just used to, like, having kissed each other. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I mean, I think that Betty and Jughead were already written before they even knew what Lily Colton Cole's chemistry was like. They had written the season one script that, like, clearly Bughead was going to get together because their entire love story revolves around the mystery in season one, which, again, is why season four feels so similar, because it's the same. Yeah. So, like, even before Lily and Cole's chemistry was, like, seen to the world, they were already planning on having Betty and Jughead be together, which makes a lot of sense because they're, like, perfectly compatible in this world. And, you know, we have to remember that every fucking Archie Comics universe is a different universe. This is a Riverdale universe. Yeah. In this universe, Betty and Archie are not compatible. And honestly, were they really compatible in the Archie comics? Because he always rejects her. Yeah, he always chooses Veronica, so why make a world where that's changed? No, instead she gets, like, the love story she's always deserved, guys. Like, (laughs) just... It's so beautiful. That was a beautiful bughead moment. I he finally gets to leave and go take down the stonies with his girl. Yeah. I love when he picks Betty up. He did that at the quiz show, too. Like, so good. And I hope that means that that was the last of us having to see Betty and Archie fake dating, right? I feel like it has to be, because now that they're going to solve the mystery, I mean, that's also going to be kind of weird. Once they get back to school, and Jughead's going to be like, I'm back, guys! Also, yeah, yeah, like, that was all fake. Me and Betty for life. Varchi, Bughead, things are as they're supposed to be. I know that was weird for a minute. Can you (laughs) imagine you're just, like, going to high school, and then all of a sudden, a, a kid in your high school dies, and then you learn that they were just faking their death. Like, that yeah. just seems so dramatic. In such an elaborate way that, like, to... Well, the thing is that, like, if you went to Riverdale High, anything that ever happened in your town would be like, oh, it's that six kids again? <laughs> yeah, it's like in Harry Potter. I always oh, yeah. wondered, like, if I was just trying to go to Hogwarts, yeah. and then I'm just like, this Harry Potter kid is just, like, always doing whatever the fuck yeah. he wants and screwing up the school. Yeah. Him and that red-headed kid and that fucking smart-ass girl. Yep. Always fucking shit up. I'm so excited for this. And I am just so excited. Like, even just seeing, like, her tell FP and, like, Jellybean finding out, that was a beautiful surprise. That's how they wrote that. Yeah. And I also just felt like, like, we haven't seen Jellybean enough considering they've been living in the same house for, like, 15 episodes now or whatever. Crime and punishment. Right. Oh, here, here we, we go. go. A novel of murder and its psychological toll. Ah, very thematic. I had to read that my senior year in AP Lit, so I feel. Floor is open. Any thoughts regarding Dostoevsky's take on morality? Yes! In comes Smughead Buckhead! Hey, guys. Jughead's alive, bitches! Well, what? Did you even miss me? Yes! You gotta be kidding me. Mr. Jones. I don't understand. We, we we all thought that I was dead. John is like, fuck. Well, yeah, actually, for a minute there, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, fuck, he's not. Hey, what's that um, oft-used Mark Twain quote? Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Oh, my God. Jack has been waiting his whole life to say that line. Yes. <laughs> what is happening right now? It is called getting your comeuppance, Joan. Yes, yes, yes. You guys are reading Crime and Punishment, huh? He's like, how appropriate. Oh, apropos. <laughs> You can big words. You can see a little stitch on his head. You know, the one kind of crime story that we never really touched upon in this seminar? It's a time-tested genre. A locked room mystery. Yes, let's do that. Where all the suspects are sequestered in a room. One or more of them could be the killer, but the door is not unlocked until the identity is revealed. He's wearing a Southside Serpents jacket. Oh my god, Betty's like, this is my cue. Betty, could you do the honor? Oh my god. They are like the most dramatic couple of all time, and I'm so here for it. Yep. 
The next bell doesn't ring for half an hour, so for the next 30 minutes, your asses belong to us. They rehearsed this? Like, They're gonna <laughs> host really good murder mystery parties yes. when they get older. Oh my god, that's gonna be their wedding. Just a murder mystery party. I knew you weren't really dead. Then why didn't you prove it? Good job, Donna. And yet, since you failed to prove it or find Jughead, we had time to figure out all the twists and turns of this murder mystery that we've all been living. No idea what you're talking about. Bitch, oh, yes you worry. do. Don't worry, because I'm gonna take you through it step by step. No, this is ridiculous. Mr. DuPont calling security. Shut the hell up, Brett. Yeah, she oh, took that phone. She snatched it out of his hand. Like I said, for the next 30 minutes, we're in charge. So, give me your cell phone. Why the hell? Joan, just do what she says. We have nothing to hide. Also, can we talk about where the fuck Jonathan is? Because I know y'all murdered him. The only yeah, fucking yeah. black kid, really. Well, also the fact that Mr. DuPont is just like, oh, I'll see those plays out. <laughs> I'm going to take you through it from the very beginning. Starting with that very curious fact that both Moose Mason and myself were invited to Stonewall Prep during our senior year. Yeah, seems kawinky dinky. Jughead, Moose. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god, we're going all the way back, yo. I mean, you have to set up the entire Stonewall story. Was it like that when you met my grandfather, Forsyth I? He was asked to study at Stonewall too. What? You were roommates with him, weren't you, Mr. Dupont? Yes, and you're very much like him, Mr. Jones. Yeah, because he's one-upping you. Your grandfather was an arrogant fool, too. No, I think you're the arrogant fool. Because he had the gall to consider himself worthy of your little inner circle? What exactly is this proving, Mr. Jones? That this is not a story about a murder. This is a story about grandparents and their grandchildren. Of course, we've already done parents and their children, so we gotta do grandparents now. Of the sins from one generation being passed down to the next. Oh my god, Donna's grandparents are evil, right? Yes. Have to. Cycles of violence. This whole show is about cycles of violence. Halloween. Which brings me neatly to my next point. Halloween, when I was drugged by you psychos. Yep. step one, you should have left then. Say hello to the stone wall four for us. Oh, there's Jonathan, RIP. Only to wake up in a coffin. That was so not cool. And be let out a day later. By chipping, also RIP. And find that Moose had vanished. So naturally, I assumed he went out the same way as the Stonewall 4. Oh, here we go again. Y'all are the ones who brought it up to begin with. Now, Moose's fate was more banal. He joined the army. But there's a twist. <laughs> Mr. Chipping was the one who encouraged Moose to enlist. Yes. But it was more like force him to. He was encouraging me to leave until Halloween night when it became more than a suggestion. So what was the connection between Moose and Chipping that would make him take his advice? They definitely rehearsed this. Chipping had recruited Moose the same way he had Jughead and then ran him out of Stonewall Prep. Meaning what exactly? Meaning Chipping knew Moose was going to get murdered. <gasps> and was trying to save his life. Oh, yes! Duh! And I would remember that next point. It's gonna be on the quiz. Oh, well, Mr. Shut up! Yep, there we go. Mr. DuPont, as they say in Lord of the Flies, I have the conch. Oh! Literary, oh! <laughs> I wonder how many more literary things we're going to get. Man, if we had known, episode. we would have gotten, you know some alcohol and then a drinking game. Like, damn. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in, like, 10th grade AP lit right now. <laughs> wow. Okay, that actually, like, duh, of course. So Mr. Chipping was good. He saved Moose's life. And then they fucking needed him. I never thought that Mr. Chipping was bad. I, thought yeah, I was sketched out by everyone at the school to begin with. I thought so. that he was definitely creepy slash weird, but I didn't think that he was, like, murdery weird, which I definitely yeah. think is, like, our, our baseline for most new characters on yeah. the show. Yeah, no, on Riverdale, you're probably a murderer. Murderer until proved innocent, if you will. Yes, or related to one. The grandfather is 
is definitely coming back, yo. There was behind-the-scenes footage of him, and I'm pretty sure it was this episode, and it would make a lot of sense if it was this episode. Well, that makes sense as someone who's going to shower. Maybe he's gonna come, like, face DuPont off, like, one last time. That's pretty fucking badass. I still can't figure out what DuPont has to, like, do with this, because it seems like he... It's not like Joan and Brett and Donna, where they, like, definitely know what they've been doing. DuPont yeah. seems to, like, clearly he probably did some shit when he was younger, and now he wants to see how this is playing out now. He seems kind of, like, in the dark a little bit. That's actually very secret history, like, the, the book that this is based on, because, like, it's, like, a small Greek class with, like, about the same amount of kids in the secret history who, like, you know, the murder happens within their circle. And the teacher, like, had encouraged them to, like, study, like, Bacchanalia, which is how someone ended up dying to begin with because they accidentally killed someone while they were having a Bacchanal. Yeah. As college students in the middle of nowhere do, I guess. Yep. And when eventually it all comes out, like, the teacher doesn't know, but he kind of, like, inadvertently, like, encouraged them to take the steps that led to what they did. So then when he does eventually find out, he's, like, horrified. Yeah. So I am kind of curious if there will be any parallels to, like, DuPont like how much DuPont's gonna know because I guess we we theoretically could find out he knew more than we currently think he knows but you're right that he doesn't seem like he completely does so it would make sense if maybe he did something and now they're just kind of like reliving history but he didn't know they were reliving history because say say I were a participant (laughs) in a murder a murder I would definitely not be like hey 18 year old kid you can totally just sit here and yell at me yeah. I would definitely try to, like, you know, get a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think that calling security or the cops is ever the right way to go, but I feel like it's more realistic that when Brett was like, call security, that the teacher would be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I feel like he, while bad, might not necessarily be as involved. Yeah, it's possible. Also, it's just Riverdale, so I'll buy that Betty and Jughead can somehow get these preppies to just, like, you know, bend to their will. That's canon for me. as Donna said, she's the ringleader in this, so... Oh, yeah, she fucking threatened Brett real hard last episode. I was like, oh, this is the real Donna mask off. I really loved the slap that she did, though, because I did that to a kid in sixth grade, and... (laughs) really brought me back to when I did that. Good times, good times. Did the the kid deserve it? Yeah, he was making fun of my brother. Oh, Trevor. Um, Shout out to Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. I'll always defend you. (laughs) But, so does that mean I'm Donna if I also say I really don't think that the comparison is strong enough. (laughs) You're a very kind person who would never murder. (laughs) God, no. Or attempt to murder. Or call someone a nymphomaniac just for having, like, good sex with her boyfriend. That was crazy. Yeah. I was like, like, you got a lot of problems. Problems, girl. You got For a lot of internalized some reason, problems. When I first watched it, I thought she said necrophiliac, and I was like, "Bro, what are we talking about now?" I mean, honestly, they have talked about necrophilia on this show before. <laughs> that word true. has yeah. been in this show, so, so it's not like it'd be something <laughs> new. Now, after Halloween is when things got really interesting. Yes, it seems like it. See, that's when you announce the writing competition. Yes. How does it play in? And someone in this very room is going to be anointed the next ghostwriter. You had already taken a shine to me, Mr. DuPont. You were asking about my father and my grandfather. Your grandfather was an excellent writer. I hate him. Tell me, how's he doing? Does he still write? You know! So imagine my surprise when I found out my good-for-nothing dropout grandfather had actually written the original Baxter Brothers novel. Look at him sitting backwards on the chair staring at DuPont. Which a young Francis DuPont would then steal from him. 
it was a hundred percent legal transaction. Yeah, but it's still stealing when it's a working class person you're taking that from. A measly five grand for an idea that generated millions of dollars? Yeah. You exploited Forsyth, Mr. DuPont. Exactly. Go off. You took advantage of a kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Yes! Oh, speak truth to power. And if that secret ever came out, can you imagine the damage that would do to the very valuable Baxter Brothers brand? Well, someone might kill to keep that secret. Oh my God, he wants someone to fuck her right now. Keep... Which is exactly what we thought happened with Mr. Chipping. That was an early theory. I told Chipping about my grams. Then he talked to you, Mr. DuPont. And the very next day... Yeah, someone needs to explain that. I think we all remember his dive out the window. Yes, we, it was one of the craziest things all season. What happened? I thought you had some leverage over Chipping. I mean, you guys were all part of the same secret society, Quill and Skull. It was actually you guys. It was your blank expressions. <gasps> As Were they doing some farm jump. shit? As you watched him jump. Call an ambulance! Yeah, they were so creepy! I just couldn't shake it. That's when I knew there was a deeper game afoot. Obviously. No. Chipping suicided because he was messing around with Donna. Suicided? She ended it and he short-circuited. No, that was a lie. Except they never really had a physical relationship. Yes. Isn't that right, Donna? Yes, sit next to her. Get yeah. up in her face. We had an affair and it got out of hand. Bitch, mm -hmm. no it didn't. Mm -hmm. Yes, an affair that went down exactly like the affair that you had with Mr. Cotter. Yes, same exact it's language. Turns out there is no Mr. Cotter. Yes. Rupert had demons. Oh, he did. Mrs. Chipping filled us in on all of those. She's a very yeah, nice she woman. She said that he had been drinking more and having trouble sleeping. Complaining about the Baxter Brothers books. Oh, I wonder why. Maybe because he was being tortured. Wishing he'd never gotten the contract. So then we started to ask ourselves, what would turn the opportunity of a lifetime winning the Baxter Brothers contract into a burden? Love that they've been working mm -hmm. on this. That's what I want to know. No. Clearly a while. Well, it's gotta be as long as it's, we suspected. It feels like since he got into Stonewall. That's what I thought. Or at least Halloween. Yes. The Ghost Rider challenge was to devise the perfect murder. What if the real challenge, the real price that someone had to pay, was to commit the perfect murder? Yes. In order to prove that you could ride it first, you had to do it. Oh, shit! But they didn't tell Jughead that? It kind of makes a twisted pathological sense, no? And that's what was tormenting Mr. Chipping. The guilt of what he had done, the blood that he had shed in order to win the contract. Wait, is that actually gonna be it? Mr. Chipping invited Moose to Stonewall Prep to be the next victim, to be killed by the next ghost rider, one of you. Are you fucking Moose. kidding me? And Moose was the perfect candidate. I mean, he was a messed up kid, he had no family, <gasps> he couldn't handle the stresses of life. Moose is a nice boy! After my dad was arrested for impersonating the Gargoyle King, it uh, kind of blew up my life. Poor babe. Chipping ran Moose out of town. You said it yourself. Good. You remember. Okay. <laughs> yes! We think Chipping couldn't go through with it. And or maybe he just wanted to atone for what he had done. I mean, whatever the reason. He ran Moose the hell away from Stonewall Prep and then killed himself. It was his only escape. So he did kill pure, himself? Pure, demented conjecture. Okay, that's kind of Chipping's an ableist word to use, but thanks. Chipping's behavior is hypothesis, but if proven, it shows a pattern of how the previous ghostwriters won their contracts. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Did you use a chalkboard? Have to use chalkboard. Props. Same year, the same month as Chipping was awarded his contract, a Stonewall student disappeared. One of the so-called Stonewall Four. My God, yes. We believe this student was murdered by Mr. Chipping. Yeah, they've definitely been doing this since the beginning. I'm so glad. That's what I thought, but they never confirmed it. Ryan Allen, the previous ghostwriter who took up the mantle the same month another one of the Stonewall Four disappeared. <gasps> 
The sequence holds true for every ghostwriter who preceded them. It's, it's actually incredibly simple. She's like, it's basic math, thanks. Which brings us to a couple months ago when I was awarded the contract. You tried to kill Jughead, but we wouldn't let you. Why? To put a target on my back. Yep. Probably because I was already circling the truth. Yep. So he gave you guys a new challenge. To kill him. To commit the perfect murder against me. Wait, so does that mean that DuPont yes. is the ringleader? And be awarded the contract. Which they all ended up being awarded so, the contract, remember? So they all tried to kill him? So, the million dollar question is, who was going to kill Jughead? And how? They're looking at them like, we are the serpent king and queen, and if you try to kill him again, we will murder you. Oh my god, this is so good. I, we just, no commercials, I need to see what happens next. I know, right? I just hate cliffhangers Aww. sometimes. Can't be secret commercial. Oh, she's such a, told you the best eyebrows. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. They really are going through the whole thing. I mean, it's just so funny because I feel like I have this whole season being like, there was too many questions, too many unanswered questions. And so they really are just like, oh, we're just going to give you literally all the answers in one episode. Yeah, Duh. they just need to do this every <laughs> single time. <laughs> It's like at the end of a house episode. They like halfway through the house episode, house would be like, I know what it is, and then they go to treat it and the person would go to die again and then the very end they'll be like, Oh, I bought some new chemicals in my house and then house would be like by golly, I think I got it. And then he would solve the whole thing and they would backtrack. But I like at the very end when everything like gets summed up together and flashbacks. Yeah, no, it's really, and I'm excited for when we get to the point where they explain like how they faked the death, which is clearly coming. I mean, we never really found out when Archie and Veronica got brought into the plan and I'm excited to see that. Well, also, so I'm still confused about the Moose piece a little bit. It seems that Moose was supposed to be the Killed. murdered, yeah, the murdered kid that year, which apparently is a thing they do at this psychotic school. Yeah. And then Chipping apparently had a change of heart. So which one of you heartless bastards killed me? Yeah, which one of you attempted to murder me? It was actually Mr. DuPont that gave me a clue. <gasps> when I asked who had rewritten my Baxter Brothers novels. Oh, novel, yeah. Well, you told me they all had a crack at it. Yes, exactly. Actually, all of your classmates collaborated on it. That's what I was thinking about. Yes. And that suggested to me that each one of you had a hand in my murder. Yes, exactly. Donna, you kept Betty busy. Oh, good. You made it. Yep. Mm-hmm. By having one of your patented clearing talks. Right. Brett, you led me deeper into the woods. In your fucking ridiculous Caesar costume. Where I took off the bunny mask I was wearing and put on my beanie. And wasn't that beanie that kept my head from being completely cracked open? <gasps> Was open it? When Joan crept up behind me. Oh. And hit me with a baseball-sized rock. Fuck you, Joan. How do you know it was me? Why couldn't it have been Jonathan? Well, I don't recall Jonathan wearing your perfume. Oh! Yeah, where, where is Jonathan again? Y'all murdered him. Or did you kill him because he started to develop a conscience? That's definitely what happened. He had food poisoning. No. He still has food poisoning. Okay. No, y'all killed him because he got a conscience. Jonathan That's definitely what happened. <laughs> Jonathan aside, you had a foolproof plan. Airtight alibis. It all should have worked so perfectly but it didn't because of the beanie is that what's canonically happened because in all your plotting all of your lurid conspiring and your brilliance you didn't kill me <laughs> yeah exactly i mean whose job was it to check my pulse jonathan oh <gasps> there we go john jonathan betrayed Joey. them jonathan's the hero of the story <laughs> oh, you, oh you einsteins all you had to do was hit me in the back of the head hard enough with the rock you failed spectacularly you cannot kill jughead jones meanwhile donna was blowing devil's breath in my face to set me up as the ultimate fall girl yep exactly bitch Devil, devil's breath really yeah the technical term being scopolamine which yep which is a real drug state which is why i don't remember when donna led me into the clearing where jughead's body was and placed the bloody rock in my hand leaving me literally red-handed 
with the murder weapon. Even though it wasn't a murder. After which the four of you returned to the party and ran into Archie and Veronica. Hey. Have you guys seen Betty and Jughead? I think they went that way. Went to the clearing behind those trees. How can you just casually stand there after you think you murdered someone? Even though you didn't because you're too dumb to do it apparently. Because there's Or maybe Jonathan really betrayed them and has a heart. And pointed them to where you knew they would find me. Standing over Jughead's corpse. Oh my god, Betty, what happened? Chuck! Is he breathing? He's dead. Betty, what did you do? So wait, am I right? Did Archie not know how to take a pulse? It might have been a faint pulse. At which point, one of two scenarios could have played out. One, Archie and Veronica could turn me in. Two, they could help me cover up the murder that I had just committed. And she's like, I have good friends, so two happened. Oh my God. Betty, what happened? <gasps> Is he just gonna wake up in the middle of them thinking he's dead? Because that's fucking hilarious, if so. Start pounding on his chest right now, okay? Yes, oh my god. Get it, Betty, you got this. V, use the beanie to stop the bleeding. Go with one, two, three, four, five. Wow, she is like a fucking badass. Yeah, how did you just like sober up that quickly? Come on, Jug. Four. Come on, come on, come on, the Jug. Emotional, core four moment. Betty, you're dead. To me, Jug. Aww. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, thank God. I know we knew he was alive, but I still... <laughs> the acting! The acting! <laughs> hey, we're gonna get you to a hospital, okay? No. No hospital. Oh, my God. Hey, stay awake. Hey, stay with me, please, Jug. Hey. Aww. No hospital. No, I, no, I didn't regain consciousness for another 36 hours. Oof. The worst 36 hours of my life. That's why she was so stressed out and crying. Oh, my God, they're so cute. They're holding hands. Why would you say that, Jones? No hospital. Why would a man on death's door say that? I honestly don't know. Maybe I had some small feeling that you were going to try and frame Betty. Oh my God. He cares about oh, Betty above all else. And I wanted her to have a fighting chance. Oh, that's so romantic. I'm calling Charles. I'm calling Charles. What? Why? We can trust him. Can we? Can we though? Oh, it's okay. Chuck. I know he helped you in this situation, but can we? I feel like he's helped her a lot. Charles, I'm in the woods with Archie and Veronica. Doug Eddie's hurt really badly. We need, we need help. We need your help, please. Considering she's like having an anxiety attack, she really carried herself very well. We carried Jug through the woods to the old postal road where my brother Charles was waiting for us with an FBI med van. Yes, bitch. Oh my God. I love this team. We're now finally getting to see if the core four are so strong together. You think he's gonna make it? We're gonna do everything that we can. What about us? What do we do? Go back to where you found him. Clean the scene. Make absolutely certain that you don't leave anything behind, all right? Yes. Also, your clothes, they're covered with blood. You need to get rid of those and get washed up, okay? Okay. Okay. Okay, so they just decided to completely forget about the dialogue from the end of season three. Where yeah. she's like, we had to wash the blood and we can never talk to each other again. We went back to the clearing, threw the bloody rock in the swimming hole, took off our clothes and started a bonfire. Yeah, except for your bras. What happens if he doesn't make it? He'll make it. Aw, she's so sure. But what if he doesn't? He will. That's so cute. I love Buckhead. But if he doesn't, then we... Archie. He's thinking about his bear attack. Archie. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Okay, so I kept that part of the dialogue. We have to burn all of our clothes, including Jughead's beanie. Oh. We'll rinse off the blood in the swimming hole. After tonight, we never speak of this. Ever. Not to each other. Not to our parents. No one. We'll finish our senior year. Graduate. I feel like she's being a little dramatic. And we'll go our separate ways. That is the only way that we won't get caught. 
yeah, okay, but also, he's not dead, so y'all were being very alarmist. But I'm glad to hear they didn't completely forget that they wrote that, because that's what a lot of us thought for a really long time. That is how it'll have to be if Jug doesn't make it. Yes, if he doesn't make it. But it won't come to that. He will pull through. He has to. Yeah! <laughs> I'm fucking dead! If I had known, if we had, that's what we were waiting for this whole time. And then we went home. And what happened next was a waking nightmare. Not knowing if or when Jughead was going to wake up. Aw, babe. And wondering if I had actually been responsible. Yeah, y'all literally tortured her. I hate y'all. Wait, anyway, but we saw Jughead's corpse at the coroner's office. Was he in on it? Who? Dr. Curdle Jr.? He's their best friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go way back. Yeah, yes, bitch! With Brett. that smug face. You see, Brett, in a town like Riverdale, everybody's got a price. Curdle seems pretty low. And that includes our friendly neighborhood doctor of death. Always have this money to have Dr. Curdle on tap. And while Betty was keeping you guys busy with a game of cat and mouse, I was in the underground bunker untangling this Gordian knot of a year. Which brings us basically to today. So, Mr. DuPont, floor is open. Yes. Come on. Isn't this your classroom? A for effort. If nothing else, this fiction is significantly more entertaining than anything you ever produced for my class. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, did I forget to mention that Betty and I went and saw the Baxter Brothers Ghost Riders? <gasps> and when we told them our theory, they all asked for their lawyers. Oh, shit. And even if you found one who corroborated your wild theories in some vague way, then you will know that I never explicitly oh. directed my students or mentees to do anything criminal. Oh, yeah. They may have done it, but I didn't tell them to. I made sure I didn't. Oh, what a canny serial killer you are, Mr. DuPont. I knew it! I knew he was fucked up. But we haven't even gotten to the best part. Specifically, the three members of your original literary society who you murdered. Jane Dallas Brown, Charles W. Chickens, Theodore Wiesel. There it is. <laughs> Let's loop back to the original sin, shall we? Hmm. When Mr. DuPont stole, and I do mean stole, my grandfather's original Baxter Brothers novel. A fact known to you, Mr. DuPont, and of course, Jughead's grandfather, but also to your inner circle, your classmates. Yes, they murdered. The corrupt secret at the heart of an empire. Well, there wasn't an empire just yet. God, this is so secret history. It was, it was a house of cards that you built over many decades. And the bigger it got, the more worried you became that one little slip of the tongue would send the whole thing tumbling down. Your life's work would be revealed as a lie. Oh, yes. You finally up in DuPont's face. Tell him off. And you, as a fraud and a thief, a man of dishonor. Yes! So you started going after people who knew the truth and started staging their accidental deaths. You cut breaks. <gasps> you tampered with fuselages. God, this dude's fucked up. You compromised oxygen tanks. Until there was only one living member of your literary society left. Jughead's grandfather. Betty, Betty I think it's time we let in our guests. Yes! With pleasure. Yes, yes, yes! Guess. It's gonna definitely be the grandfather. Who they somehow tracked down? Oh, it's Charles and FP and yep. There we go. All the Jones men are in the room. Oh, I always forget that Charles is Jones. Man. I know, it's super weird. Well, he's a, yeah. He is who he is. <laughs> Foresight. Live and in the flesh. Oh yeah, that's right, bitch. Hello, Francis. Hey, you old fuck. Wiesel came to see me before he died. He hadn't slept for days. Oh my god. 
He told me that you killed Charles and Jane because they were going to spill the truth of the damn Baxter brothers. He's like, I fucking hate the Baxter brothers. He said, he said we knew too much and you were going to off us too. You and I both know Theodore was a paranoid drunk. But two days later, he died. The expert diver drowned in shallow water. Crazy, huh? He was right and I was next. Oh my fucking God. So I went out for a pack of cigarettes. <gasps> I never came back. He's the reason for the fucking cycles of violence in the Jones family? Yeah. What were we doing off-grid since 2002 exactly? Collecting evidence that linked Francis here with the murders of Charles and Jane and Theodore. It took him this long to do that? <laughs> okay. Jughead and Betty did this in like two weeks. Yeah, but he doesn't have the modern technology and random sisters that are private investigators and brothers that are in the FBI. But if Moose was invited to Stonewall Prep to be the next victim, then why was I also invited? That was bait. Yeah. To lure my grandfather out of hiding so you could finish the job that you started. Oh, fuck. T took off like a coward after Jughead found me. But to my old man's credit, when Charles and I found him the second time and he heard what happened to his grandson, he figured it was finally time to take your ass down. Oh, that's who they he found at the beginning of the episode. Duh. Well, you were in here playing Agatha Christie. My team was combing through DuPont's house for the last hour. Oh, fuck yeah. Given the trophies of your victims that we found in your hollowed out OED <gasps> and your ghostwriter's lawyering up, not to mention Forsyth's detective work. Which Forsyth? Well, why don't you tell him? Is he under arrest? It's over, Francis. Nice. Finally, take down the shitty billionaire rich dude. You. Call me a thief and a coward. What, are you gonna jump out the window now too? I'm not. They just fixed it. Is he backing toward the window? I'm a builder. I built the Baxter Brothers franchise, and with that money I helped build this school. This is the kind of shit that Without rich me, people say when it's all falling apart. Without me, neither would exist. Francis DuPont, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. Never. A writer's power is in his words. Bitch, what? Only the meek and then the, the, the timid choose silence. He's back. Okay, I'm telling you. This dude, we gonna have a second guy jumping out the window. Oh, I am a man of honor. Do they all like jack off at of this school going, I am a man of honor. I am a man of honor. To the end. Yeah, he's gonna go die now. No! Oh, these people and their window jumping. I can't. Y'all are mad dramatic. Oh my god, this is such a parallel to when Polly, like, escaped from Sisters of Quiet Mercy and Betty yeah. and Jughead, like, looked through the broken window. Ugh, I love Riverdale's cinematic parallel. <laughs> I still don't get... I do get. <laughs> but wow. I don't get. I'm gonna have to rewatch this episode to make sure I got everything. <laughs> so, I understand how he got to here, but now I hope the next part is going a little bit more in depth of, like, Joan, Brett, Jonathan, Donna's storyline. Yes. Because I don't really get how that all comes into play here. Yeah, like, was DuPont just, like, truly, like, pulling the strings the whole time? Well, he basically, he clearly said that he's been doing this very carefully to avoid getting caught by not directly telling anyone to do anything. So, like, how is he telling them to do it? Well, clearly they still have something on Donna that Hermosa found. So that has to come up at some point. Yeah, that's true. Ah, uh, this is so good. Like, we were all, like, kind of joking when we said that it was going to be, like, Betty and John kept being smug for 42 minutes, but, like, it actually is. This is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when everything actually works out for them. I know. Like, please. Like, we just found out. I think this is wild. We literally just found out that, like, Jughead being homeless in season one 
FP being like an alcoholic. Like basically the entire Jones family like story and legacy all started because of DuPont torturing Forsyth and trying to like kill him because of what he did. It's kind of crazy. It really is. Like, I mean, I always say on this show, like Riverdale really is about intergenerational trauma and this is a whole new level. <laughs> I like Charles though. I mean, he's a dapper boy, but he like has helped them this entire time. I know, so it's just like that's why I'm so curious about what it's like, what the truth about him is gonna be. Like, is it just gonna be that he like is hopelessly in love with Chick, even though he tried to murder his whole family? Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like that might be the storyline of just you know, and then them all being like, "Oh, well, we can't really trust you if you're in love with Chick," and he'd be able to be like, "Forbidden love." <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what it is because he like genuinely helps Betty out all the time and is one of the the only adult characters on the show. What the heck is this? Oh, it's a, the anti-vaping ad. Uh, he's the only adult on the show that's always like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. You, you're children. Or everyone else is like, this is adults normal. being children. <laughs> Which is crazy since like, Charles is like, was like raised with an orphan and the sisters of quiet mercy. But that's also why it's like, is he more fucked up than meets the eye? Because that's what we know of his past and that's pretty fucked up. To be fair, everyone in this family has a dark side, yeah. quote unquote. And a so. lot of people in this town have been to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and most of them are related. Yeah, so the fact that they all still are, we love them, and most of them have left unscathed in, well, they're not murderers, I guess, is really the unscathed piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of trauma, yes. but... <laughs> But uh, not murderers. Yep. Only out of self-defense a couple times. You know, we never talked about that man that uh, Veronica set aflame earlier this season out of self-defense. I feel like that guy has to be dead. I don't know. Just me. Well, she also just never got any repercussions from it. Yeah, like, did we ever see them repairing La Bonne Nuit because it had been on fire? I feel like the only person or, like, being that ever, like, hurts Veronica is her dad. I know, it sucks. Like, the law is rarely involved. Unless Hiram is the one controlling the law. Yeah. <laughs> Which he often is, to be real. Oh, man. Hey, this is a Hiram-free episode so far. <laughs> Thank goodness. So done with him. Uh, it made me so upset that they were, like, FP's leaving. Yeah, and Hermione. Hermione's leaving, but we're going to keep Hiram. They're keeping all the ships during parents, oh. um, you know, because they're keeping, like, Alice. Technically, Penelope is a recurring character, but she's still in the universe. Hiram. All of the, all of the evil parents that are not dead. So upsetting. After that, it was a matter of dotting I's and crossing T's. Yes, interrogate them. We obtained these text exchanges between you and Donna. Really? Y'all are that dumb? Donna was manipulating you, Joan. Obviously. She was clearly manipulating all of you. Don't protect her. I'll see to it that you get a reduced sentence. Agent Smith. You have nothing to offer me. My father is an ambassador and I have diplomatic immunity. Okay, bitch. Calm down. If you leave the country now, ever be able to return. And your friends, they'll take all the heat. She's selfish enough, bitch, that she's okay with that? They're not my friends. (gasps) Wow. Y'all are real, real evil. See, now this is a great illustration of how shitty rich people are. You told him Brett had diplomatic immunity, but it was Joan. (gasps) Oh, shit. I was trying to keep him from antagonizing Brett. Brett was the one antagonizing from the start, bitch. Fuck your fake crying. You know, it was Brett's idea to kill Jughead. We just heard you say that you were the fucking ringleader last fucking episode. But I'm just glad that the real monster behind all of this, Mr. DuPont, has paid for his crimes. 
Okay, but you still did quite a bit, honey. Yeah. You have a known history of antagonizing Jughead. You have a known history of clearly having pent-up sexual tension towards Jughead. You're facing hard time for both attempted murder and the creation and possession of illegally recorded sex tapes featuring fellow students, including Jughead and Betty. Yes, who are minors. I'd really like to see that sex tape because it sounds um, really odd. I'm willing to reduce your charge to only attempted murder if you turn over your collection of videotapes. Here's my counteroffer. <laughs> Only a rich kid would be able to say that. Reduce my charge to conspiracy after the fact, which my lawyer will plead down to community service. Oh my god, I hate you. Or Betty and Jughead's puerile sex tape will be released to the World Wide Web. You really cannot get over that. Let me think it over. Are they just gonna like self-release their sex tape? That was quick. Oh, oh shit. Yes. Are they gonna beat him up? What the hell is this? Oh shit! The counter to your counter. Oh my god, he's literally making good on that thing he said about how he would murder Brett if he tried to release a sex tape of Betty. I understand that you've decided to cooperate with our investigation, reveal the location of your illicit videotapes. Is that correct? <laughs> oh my god, that's hot. <laughs> that is so satisfying. Hidden in a secret compartment behind Stonewall's crest was a treasure trove of dark secrets. Illegally recorded videotapes. Holy shit! More fuel to add to the firestorm of controversy that is consuming. Oh, is that the sex tape? Yeah, that's right. One of the country's oldest and more prestigious prep schools. For now, Stonewall Prep's doors remain open, but its secret society, Quill and Skull, has been disbanded. Shoney's like, this is riveting. <laughs> it is! That's how I feel this entire episode. For RIVW News, this is Alice Smith. It's good to be back, Riverdale. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yay, the Jones family, Jones Cooper family. Your report came out really good, Mom. Oh, thanks, honey. I had a lot of help from an inside source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bughead is happy. Jellybean is there. Fellas, I could do without, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, but they are also kind of the same to like Betty, Jughead, like how they um, work together. Wait, where are you going? We're about to have cake. Um, I will be back soon, okay? I just have one last T to cross. Jughead seems to know. He, look, he has like a very knowing look on his face. Hello, Donna. <gasps> what? Going somewhere? If you must know, I'm transferring to a new school. She didn't get in any trouble. Well, I'm glad I caught you then. I wanted to congratulate you personally. Jughead and I heard that you're taking over the Baxter Brothers. Are you fucking the serious? Brand the brand is relaunching. That's Tracy True. Jealous. Go fuck yourself, bitch. Your plan worked, Donna. You managed to get everyone else to do the actual dirty work. Hell, even DuPont's dead. You covered your tracks extremely well. What did she get on her? I'm Are you really? So delusional. You would believe I would mastermind some elaborate conspiracy that caused the deaths of multiple people just to win a YA book contract? Yeah, this is Riverdale, so absolutely. Yes. No. <laughs> but you would do it for revenge. Oh, really? Revenge for what? The murder of your grandmother. What? Jane Dallas Brown. <gasps> One of the classmates DuPont killed to cover up the ugly truth that he didn't create the Baxter brothers. She was your grandmother. 
How could you possibly know that? <gasps> you dedicated yourself to getting into Stonewall Prep and getting into Chipping's class. And oh, shit! And each step brought you ever closer to your grandmother's killer. That makes sense. Wow! I knew it! I knew your parents were going to have something to do with something. So what was the original plan, Donna? Win the contract no matter how many people had to die? And then stage an accident that would take care of DuPont so you could tear down the house that he built? Seems like a lot for your grandmother. You left out one minor detail. DuPont didn't merely kill my grandmother. He stole from her the same way he did from Forsyth. What? What did he steal? Tracy True. <gasps> the female teen detective who was introduced in the Master Brothers books. She was your grandmother's invention. Shit. Wow, this prep school is wild. Now I've taken Tracy back and DuPont is rotting in a grave. Okay, wow. Is this a commentary on people doing too much for fictional characters? Because if so, good job. How did you really find out about my grandmother? A private investigator. At my behest, Edmosa put her private eye skills to good use and did some digging on those Stonewall wasps. Still? Oh, this is what Hermosa found. And your gal pal, Donna, is not so sweet. Well, she's been waiting to say that line for a while, huh, B? Who supplied us with the medical files that confirmed that you are the granddaughter of Jane Dallas Brown, which gives the police a motive and links this entire web of death back to you. But I'll play one last round. What do you want, Betty? I want you to walk away from the Tracy True contract. Oh, shit. Why in God's name would I do that? Fictional though she may be, Tracy deserves better. Yeah. Hashtag Tracy deserves better. And you certainly don't deserve to profit off the near death of my boyfriend. Yes! Go the fuck off. Oh my god. Betty and Jughead have become anti-capitalist king and queen and it's don't so beautiful to watch. Or don't walk away. That's fine. But I will make sure every newspaper of every major city gets a copy of that medical file. She needs to be an investigative journalist taking down shitty people. Yes. She'd be so fucking good at it. You play nice from now on, Donna. Yeah. Hey, give I'll it a fucking rest, on. bitch. I'll be keeping an eye on you. Yes, Betty! Oh, look at her strutting out of Stonewall Prep like a fucking badass. She gave in a Sherpa jacket, too. Very on brand for Bughead. They both wear Sherpas now. Ugh, amazing! Wow, 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 wow. So, what do you think? Do you think that they're gonna leave us on some sort of cliffhanger? Because we do have a month long hiatus after this, before the musical ep. Oh, wow. I would be nice if we could just have a breather, honestly. It's been a fucking. That's a lot. This has been a lot of information to take in. Just the last two episodes alone has been a lot of information to take in. Because first we were taking in information that was fake and trying to convince ourselves whether it was fake or real. And then, then we've had an entire episode of information dump of things that are definitely real. I'm exhausted. I still can't believe this bitch Donna was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kill people. Yeah. Wait, so do we- so is Jonathan dead? Are we just supposed to like leave that? I mean, she basically said she killed him last episode, right? She was like, do you want the same thing to happen to Jonathan that happened or something like that to Brett? Yeah, they should probably solve that murder mystery. <laughs> Justice for Jonathan. Honestly, I'm like, wow, wow. This is just so much. <laughs> All right, I still don't understand what happened in Mr. Chipping to make him jump out of a window randomly in the middle of class. I guess he just like knew that they were going to kill Jughead and he couldn't handle it anymore after saving Moose and he jumped out of a window. Okay, but there are like less violent ways to die. Yeah, what's this a jumping? And it was definitely the same stained glass window. Yeah. They had clearly just had fixed. But you know the person who has to fix that is like, motherfucker. Poor window person. Yeah. Can I go back and do that again? 
It's like, why do these rich people keep on killing themselves in this way? It's like how New Yorkers get cynically mad when people choose to kill themselves by flinging, you know, <laughs> themselves on the tracks. It is crazy. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that we, it was such a satisfactory result. Oh so. my god, yes, having had Jughead in the, in 412 be like, listen, if Brett actually does have a sex tape of us. Even though you're not a damsel in distress, I still will kill him. And then FP and Jughead literally beating Brett up with those fucking brass knuckles. Amazing. Months at Stonewall Prep away from you guys. What a waste. Yeah. Jug. Okay. We put a stop to DuPont. We solved eight murders. Eight and murders! And we gave closure to every family of every missing child. I would not call that a waste of time. Yeah. It was a win. It was Just, a net positive. I know. It's just, I feel... Cheated? Yeah, I mean, you were supposed to have a nice experience mm -hmm. and you had to go on a murder mystery and stuff. Yeah. I know. You'll find a meaning to all of this at some point. Aww. Okay. So cute! So, Jackhead Jones back from the dead. Color me completely not surprised. <laughs> Cheryl and Betty talk. Cheryl. You're not? No one ever really dies in Riverdale, do they? No. What does that mean? But what about you and Archie canoodling? Fake. All fake. Yeah, that was just pretend. I don't know, cousin. That looked pretty real to me. No, it was not. So yeah, that was the point. Shut the right. fuck up. Cheryl, stop fucking stirring trouble. Betty and Jack right. are in love, and Veronica and Archie are in love. All I'm saying is, your secret's safe with me. What secret? What the fuck are you talking about, bitch? I don't I'm like sure. that at all. You sure want? Nothing. What did Mr. Honey say? Well, I don't think he's too happy about it, but he legally has to let me back to Riverdale High. <laughs> yes. It's great. Yeah, I just really hope my credits transfer. On the bright side, no one's going to try to kill me while I'm here. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. People have tried to kill y'all a lot. Don't jinx yourself. Oh, Betty and Jughead walking together. Hey, Something boy. terrible is gonna happen. <laughs> hey, boy. Betty. Hey. Um, I'll be right down. Can they get a moment of peace or no? No. Grandpa, thought you left. Oh, not yet. <laughs> Joining us for dinner? Uh, Betty and I are actually going to meet Archie and Veronica at Pops. Yes, because the core four is back together and all is well. Archie and Bucket are in love. Stop trying to plant seeds. seeds. Unless you want me to stay. No, go have fun. Yeah. Should I? Say goodbye. Oh, no, no. I expect your father and I'll still be talking when you get back. <laughs> Aw, are they gonna make up for lost time? Aww. Start to heal? Heal from intergenerational trauma caused by terrible rich people? Hey, hold on. I don't know what's gonna happen with him and me, but uh, we're talking, so that's something. Hashtag growth. So, thank you. You made all this happen. Okay. Have fun. Ready? Mm -hmm. I still feel like something terrible is gonna happen. Well, yeah, they're still- They never let them breathe for more than like five seconds at a time. Maybe something good did come out of this whole Stonewall mess. I mean, my dad and my grandfather talking again for the first time in 30 years. Finally, core four back around the booth again. Oh my God. Do you think your dad will forgive him? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of bad history between each other, but I hope so. Aw. All right, guys, let's make a vow. Ooh. Don't do that again. No more vows. Stop it. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. The last time we made a vow to have a normal senior year, everything went to hell pretty quick. Y'all are not capable. We only have two, three months left. No, stop, two stop. Let's end it on a high note. Something terrible is gonna happen. It's Don't happening. act like it's not. Are we just gonna ignore the fact that Archie and I will probably not be graduating with you guys? Oh. Jug, okay, do you really think V and I are going to sit idly by and not help our boyfriends graduate? Uh, wow. Archie Andrews and Jughead Jones, you will graduate. Okay, so this is a new mission? Even if it takes a thousand tutors, you will set aside everything, no more mysteries. <laughs> no mysteries? Yeah, good luck with that. And make graduating your sole purpose in life. 
Why does that sound like a threat? Because it is. <laughs> to going out on top together. Cheers. Cheers to that. All need to stop. I think you guys should just retire the cheers. Yeah, no more cheers. Anymore. Guys, guys, just a reminder. I'm posting the sign-up sheet for the variety show tomorrow. Oh, yes. Musical tomorrow. episode. You all have to perform. You all have to perform. That is the rule. Even you, Jughead. Count us in, Kev. Yeah, can we get another Bughead duet? Are we actually gonna end this episode okay, or is Charles gonna be like ominously watching or some shit? Oh, wow! Thank you! That was a good ending. Charles is gonna be ominous in the promo. Let's this see. <laughs> That's my prediction. Heaven speaks to my entire generation. It's not appropriate for Yes! Aww, they're doing the Archies. And everyone's dressing up. Wow. They love to do the everyone dressing up in the hall scene. They love it. It looks like it's gonna be a light episode. See, that's all we needed. Alright, so wow. Great. I loved it. I more episodes like that. Yes, that was so satisfying. They really wrapped so much up. And ended on a positive note. Yes. Oh my god, it was so nice. I feel like this is the first time that they haven't ended on a on a cliffhanger before a break. Yeah, it's really nice because like often they end on a cliffhanger that's so controversial that everyone ends up fighting with each other for like four weeks. And since we just fought with each other for a lot of weeks, I'm really happy about that. Although I still have to say I'm really not a fan of them continuing to drop those fucking stupid ass fucking bargy hints. Where do they exist? They do not exist. Betty is in love with Jughead. Like, I, did you see what she just did for him? Like, yeah. I just like, what? They're just trying to create tension between the group. That's all. It's just annoying. It's like, Maybe that'll be not a mystery. What? Just like, do they? Do they? And then they're like, no, we don't. I mean, it, it's the only thing that would make any sense. And then the they'll characters. put, a, and then they'll put a whole chalkboard, and then they'll be like, <laughs> Here are the reasons why. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, give Varchi and Bughead a rest. If y'all willing to do relationship drama, Shoni hasn't had a breakup in a while. I mean, I love them, but come on. <laughs> Give Bughead and Barchi a rest. Like, Bughead literally just spent the whole year trying to keep Jughead from being murdered and keep Betty from being framed for a murder. I also so can we give them a break? Kevin deserves a love story. Yeah. Like, focus on other people's love lives that don't have them. Also, just... why is Kevin the only gay man in the stem? I don't know, but he's about to fucking make everyone dress up as Hedwig next time as Gay Czar of Riverdale. He's like, everyone must do Hedwig. <laughs> I really wanted them to do Spring Awakening and have someone get pregnant. I know. Did you see that they, they did perform that one Spring Awakening song in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, though? So yes. clearly Roberto has a soft spot for, uh, you know, Spring Awakening somewhere in there. Oh, it's so good. That was so wild, though. Like, yeah, the song of Purple Summer is part of your witch ritual, Sabrina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hated this season. Uh, it was not great. But wow, that was such a good Buckhead episode. They're so in love. I don't understand how anyone could think that they're not. <laughs> Cheryl, looking at you right now. <laughs> well, that's why Betty was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But I just, I like, wit I don't know. I hope that, it just like really sucks because like, it, that really is Jughead's like biggest possible insecurity. Yeah. Because obviously like Betty had that like fan. And that was the thing, like Betty's like childhood crush on Archie was really like a fantasy of like this idea of them being like, you know, the girl next door, like the football player and the cheerleader. But it wasn't actually based on like any sort of reality. And I just like, they never would actually work. And all that Betty actually fall in love with Jughead has done is prove that. Yeah. But I understand because, like, I 
I think it's pretty much been established as canon that Jughead, like, also had a crush on Betty, but just, like, assumed that, like, she would like Archie. Yeah. And Archie would eventually like her back, and then he'd be like, okay, well, I lose. <laughs> like, as it's supposed to be, which is kind of what the whole world told him his whole childhood anyway. Yeah. And so I just really hope that they don't fucking, like, they just don't need to explore this. Like, don't hurt Jughead and don't hurt Veronica. Like, just fucking put it to rest. I mean, they did show that still of, like, young Archie and young Betty. So, like, from one of the upcoming episodes, I don't know if it's next week or two weeks from now, but I think it's somewhere in, like, that neighborhood, like, one of the next couple Fs. So maybe they'll, like, put it to rest then and kind of, like, be like, you know, it was a fantasy that was never going to actually happen because who we grew up to be is not that. Yeah, I feel like it might come back to when they went to the cabin and they were all like, you kissed. I think it's all, it's like that natural, like, you kissed my boyfriend kind of thing. Well, that, if that's true, the only people left to kiss are Jughead and Archie. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> There's obviously going to be tension when you see, like, your significant other kissing someone else, even though it's for, obviously, a good cause and not because, like, yeah, some other reason, but that's still going to create, like, some type of tension of, like, yeah, but you kiss each other. Yeah. Especially if you have Cheryl instigating it. I just, yeah, I just, like, really hate, because they already, like, had both the couples have that conversation last episode, so I just feel like it's, like, super unnecessary and, like, just baiting the Barchie shippers to have Cheryl say that line. And it's just, like, can y'all just, like, write a good story and just, like, stop with the baiting? Like, come on. Well, now they need another (laughs) mystery for the second, I mean, technically we're pretty much halfway through the second half of the season, so. Yeah. We got, like, what, like, six, 17, 18, yeah, six episodes left. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to figure out something to do from next episode. I mean, episode. I think that it's going to have to be Charles and Chick. And, like, also technically the videotapes that were being given to people's doorsteps, no one ever really figured that out. That didn't play into this reveal, right? Like, they didn't say that those tapes were his, did they? They just, just said a bunch tapes. of illicit yeah. videotapes, but it didn't necessarily say, like, it was Archie Andrews' doorstep. Yeah, so I'm like, I wonder if that's still unsolved or not. I mean, it, they didn't explicitly solve who the voyeur was on that episode. Well, so. yeah, because why would Brett care what Archie Andrews is doing. Yeah, and it was also, like, Cheryl's house. Like, it was, like, like all these different people's houses. So I feel like that's probably... I've always wondered if that was related to Charles because it, like, started, like, around the time the farm ended. Yeah. Which was technically the reason he was there. I had, like, you know, the theory that, like, he, like, invented the tapes as, like, a way to stay close to his family or something. Like, if he had to, like, investigate it, quote-unquote. But, like, what if there's something bigger there and that's what the next, like, mystery will be? He's there watching you to make sure that you don't hurt his family. Or, and the people they love, they could even say if they want to extend it to, like, Cheryl and Tony and yeah. um, Archie and Mary. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. I love a good theory. Yeah. I mean, I called Hal being the Black Hood. Yes. Very early. Really no, yeah, it's true. You did. You did. Oh, my God. And, yeah. Well, I gotta say, major shout-out to the actors who played all the Stonewall kids, but especially the two actors who played Donna and Brett for being truly some of the best villains we've ever had. I mean, you're never gonna talk Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. Just because, one, he's Chad Michael Murray, and two, he tried to escape in a rocket. <laughs> I just love that they were such, like, complex villains. They weren't, yes. like, cut and dry. Like, Hiram just, like, likes to be bad to be bad, whereas yes. they had, you know, definitely more depth to yes. them. Although I have to say something that's been pointed out and that I agree with is that it's pretty sad that I'm pretty sure we now know more about Donna and Brett than we know about Tony. Yes. So please stop making her a one-dimensional character. I will say it yet again. You will not listen to me yet again. Can we please 
Cheryl and Tony and Kevin. I'm not even going to say Reggie because I just don't think that that's, I think that's a lost cause. But we <laughs> let them have like some semblance of like, you know, development and a storyline. And maybe that would take the heat off of your need to constantly fucking create this relationship drama when no one asked for it. <laughs> yeah, don't be Harry Potter. Also, Remember your secondary characters. Yes. But also it's just like really irritating because they've literally gone on record so many times saying that they didn't want to replicate the love triangle from the comics. And like just because Jughead is also there doesn't make it any less if you do this it would pit Veronica and Betty against each other which is the whole thing I don't want to see. Yeah. Women in fact, should support women. Yes. And in fact I want to see more of Betty and Veronica's friendship than you were ever willing to give me. So y'all are really testing me. Overall, I'm very excited because it was a wonderful Bughead episode that really just showed that their relationship is as solid as ever. They're willing to literally, like, go through the most extraordinary lengths to make sure each other are okay. Like, beautiful love story. Just beautiful. Investigative duo forever. Hashtag Bughead wedding. Hashtag season five. Seriously, like, next time one of them gets hit with a rock, they need to be able to see each other in the hospital, if nothing else. Yeah. Like, this is logistically getting to be necessary. I agree. <laughs> I advocate for teen marriage only in teen dramas. <laughs> Not in real life. No. Please wait until you're paying taxes. Yeah. That's a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Pay taxes. <laughs> and if, you know, if we elect Bernie Sanders, you could be paying taxes and actually get stuff like universal healthcare. So. Which, again, Riverdale really needs. And this episode that included Betty and Jughead solving eight murders really shows <laughs> the lack of a social safety net in this country and what it's doing to us. <laughs> Yeah, so what a wild up. Yeah, it was great. I was happy to be here for it. Yeah, really like the conclusion of quite a... Quite a storyline. Saga, yeah. Bughead forever, y'all. We, we made it through it. Jughead is not dead. We all knew it all along. We wouldn't let them convince us. And in the end, we prevailed. In the end, Bughead is not only as strong as they were before, but I would argue stronger. Yeah, near death can do that to you. Yeah, near death for like the 15th time. Yeah. Can really do it for you. So if you want to see our bodysuit look, you can go on Instagram at Bodysuits for Bughead or Twitter at B4B underscore podcast. You should rate, like, and subscribe. And I hope you all have a good month. Um, try to stay healthy. Who knows what the fuck is going to be happening with the coronavirus by then? Yeah. We live in hell. Um, <laughs> and we'll see y'all in a month when we're back with Hedwig and hopefully a light ep and no more beating. Bye! Bye-bye.